This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad time, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV. For all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. For the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Happened in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last. And are history makers at Wembley. They have flown their rivals away. They have flown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing... Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. Right, Chris. All right there. How the devil are we all? Ooh, ah, 
It's Monday night. It is seven o'clock. It's not Cracker Jack, but it is very much the Opposition View show. This is Letter Till I Die TV. You can catch us now on Facebook and Twitter and on YouTube at Letter Till I Die TV. If you are watching on YouTube, please remember to smash the likes, share if you can, but most importantly, please subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And thank you very much if you are listening to us rather than watching to watching us. I have got a face for. Uh, for podcasts, as I'm <laughs> keep being told, uh, Less Till I Die is available on your favorite podcast station. Um, it was one all. How do we feel? Here we go, and just say a good evening to uh, I've got to look at this carefully. I should have gone to Specsavers. Ox Frankie Wild. Good evening, sir. How are you? Um, and and looks like he knows you, Darius. He's, he says he's a big fan there. Uh, Scott, good evening to you as well. Thank you very much for joining us. What I love about this is, and with Darius, we did do the preview as well, and I thank him very much for coming back on tonight. But it's great after the show to get different, you know, an opposition fan's perspective of the game. Um, well, let's find out what he thought of the game. Let's bring him in and say good evening to Darius. Hello, everyone. How are you? Big shout out to my uh, my friend Frankie in chat. Always a delight to see you. Um, uh, yeah, so the match the match on Saturday, um, mm. I thought it was all round a disgraceful performance from two teams that had given up. Um, like, I, I know I'm here mainly to comment on Manchester United. No, 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 no. St- please, please give it. I mean, you're here to just chat about the game. When I think of Leicester, I think of mm. a couple of things, and it, I think about work rate, like um, a sort of cohesive team that presses and works for each other, uh, and a directness to goal. I saw mm. absolutely none of that from Leicester, and as a sort of like vested interest, I was paying quite careful um, attention to Tillemans who um, mm. is, is often linked with Manchester United, I thought yeah. he had a terrible game and an awful um, audition, if it were. Um, yeah. As for Manchester United, we're, we're an absolute disaster at the moment. Like, um, so, there are so many players that have, like, a body of work where they have performed in the past. You look at Shaw, you look at Maguire, mm. who I felt actually was probably man of the match. I'd be intrigued to know what our Leicester friends think about his performance, but I thought he was pretty solid and steady. But you look at Varane, like Champions League Varane, a man who has won, I don't know, is it four or five Champions Leagues, a World Cup, like yeah. France's most handsome man. He, he gets, <laughs> like, like, he was, he, he genuinely looked like a 14-year-old at a disco talking to a girl for the first time. The nerves <laughs> that, were, that were pouring off him. Um, Luke Shaw, I don't know what's happened to Luke Shaw. Um, but then uh, Alex Tellers came on, and I've never seen a worst fullback performance at Old Trafford. Really? It, I oh. was sh- it was shocking. No commitment, no determination, uh, no desire. Like, all these things that you, you expect from, like, 11-year-olds. Mm. Yes. And so, all in all, I was disgusted with Manchester United's performance. And as a less, like as a Leicester sort of, like I don't know, like sympathizer i w- i was very disappointed with leicester because we were there for the taking and and so were leicester yes yeah i mean at the end of the day i, I actually came off there saying i would have taken the draw at the start because our history at old trafford 
isn't brilliant. You know, you, you've... Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, we'd gone into this game sort of four and beaten against you. Uh, obviously, it's now, it's now five. But yep. we were talking just before we came live, and I don't know what the guys in the chat think. And good evening, Spencer. Thanks for joining us. And Andrew as well. Um for for me as Leicester, we've seen such dire performances this uh, this season that I would take that as being an improvement. I mean, maybe that's how far we dropped this season. And I think you've got to look and say, certainly for Leicester, and it's easy. It is easy to blame um, injuries, but it has been hell for us. And I don't like doing it. So I always used to moan at clubs that did it. But for for Manchester United, I mean, this is. Is this an indictment of sort of how far you've dropped of recent years? You know, it, it, where where does it land? You've got you've got. Let's be honest with you. You've got a squad there that should be challenging for the title, and yet you're not. Yeah, well, I mean, the the club has been like very mismanaged. Everyone knows Manchester United's woes. They're discussed left, right, and centre, and a lot of it um, comes down to sort of like three factors. One is um, players that don't really have um, the minerals to be at Manchester United. They don't. They don't want to commit. They're they're pretty party boys, more concerned with social media, or at least that's the narrative that comes out. And to be honest, it's one that is by and large true. Um, The second thing is that we have huge legacy uh, problems since the Ferguson succession, with um, Mm. an ill-matched, bloated squad. Mm. Um, and then the third issue going on Manchester United at the moment is that our manager, who isn't a manager, he's an office manager at best, um, hasn't been able to galvanise, motivate or even impart any form of tactics um, to Manchester United. Like I can see uh, Mr. Stephen Knight in the comments saying Manchester United are a team of individuals and he's, he's pretty, mm. I mean, we're not a team, we're just a collection of individuals yes. but yes. i would i would suspect that most of the leicester fans watching would have been utterly bemused at the formation and the lineup that manchester united put out with well, an apparent front two of bruno and pogba well as if by magic i mean everybody had you down at the start as this being your formation i think formations are so fluid these days that mm-hmm. um, it starts off as one and it's hard to guess what it is. I mean, I'll take your point. I don't think Maguire had a particularly bad game at all. After everything that he's been through and all the criticism he got, I was I was looking for him to score an own goal after three minutes or something Obviously. like that, <laughs> which, which he, he didn't manage to do. But, yeah, you, know, you look at those names there, Sancho, Pogba, Fernandes, you know, there's the Fred, Maguire, you know, there's, there's big names there. I mean, De Gea, fantastic save from Fafana. You know, he. I think you forget what a good goalkeeper De Gea actually is, in fairness. But a goalkeeper, to some degree, can only be as good as his, uh, you know, his, his defence, if you like. You know, but like you say, I mean, with Ronaldo out, I mean, was that an illness? Yes. It was, was it? Right. Yeah. Yes. We, we, don't th- we don't think there was more to it. No. Um, I'll just try to get the low down on. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I understand. There's no, there's no conspiracy. There's nothing there. Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo got sick on Friday, and um, they hoped that he would recover by Saturday, but he didn't. But right. the interesting thing about that is that um, Ragnick then recycled his uh, tactics uh, for the Manchester City match 
in uh, instead of putting Marcus Rashford in as mm. the number nine. And previously in the week, he'd said that Rashford had all the makings of a number nine. So he doesn't he doesn't fancy Rashford, or he didn't think that Rashford is mentally ready to play. There's a lot's going on with Rashford that we yes. don't really know about. Do you, I mean there, there are problems behind the scene? We know that, and we're not sort mm-hmm. of going to go into that. But um, do, I mean, do you think these players are going out thinking, "Well, hang on, you're not going to be my manager next season"? Well. Matic gave an interview where he said, uh, I mean, this is a sort of like a summary of it. He said that it's extremely difficult for any group of um, professionals, players, anyone Mm. um, to function when they have a temporary boss Mm. because they don't they don't know what's happening in the future. Um, And it puts a lot of stress on people. And I mean, you would sort of think like, I, I don't know what jobs, you know, yourself or the chat have had. But in jobs I've been in, um, I've known that the boss is going to be changed within two years or three years. Mm. And yeah. there comes a point where I know if I just keep my head down, don't do anything wrong, we'll get yes. a new one in. Yes. All right. Which is why I'm such a bargain as a worker. Um, <laughs> like, uh, um, but, you are available. You are yeah, available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like... it's. It's one of the big issues with Manchester United at the moment is actually someone that you've praised, uh, which is De Gea. Mm. Um, De Gea is, it's very, very rare for me to say this, but De Gea wasn't the worst goalkeeper on the pitch at the weekend. I think that um, as Leicester fans, you will probably, and in my view, quite rightly, pinpoint Schmeichel as the reason you didn't come away with three points. Um, he, he conceded possession twice. Um, in the build-up to our goal, and you know, Varane chased down a pretty awful kick from him, yes. and Fred bang one in, and that was really the uh, that that wasn't a pattern of play from Manchester United. You know, that yes. wasn't something that was worked in in training. That was just typical Manchester United improvising. And... I, th- I think in regard to Schmeichel, and mm. it, it he he's pulled us out of the fire so many times. That you know, you say, well, yeah, you know, everybody makes a mistake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The problem is that he has been told this season, looking at it, to play out from the back. Mm. So he he can't kick the ball. This is the problem with Michael. I don't know what Michael Senior was like, but <laughs> Michael Junior cannot kick the ball. It goes out. It goes in row X or whatever. You know, yeah. he's, he's but the way I look at it is, if you kick it out and you lose it. You are losing possession in their half, um, you know, in the opposition's half. If you're messing about with it at the back and playing out from the back, you've got to have pretty good defence to be able to play that way. And our defence, like I say, this season has been absolutely shredded. You know, they have to be introduced to each other before the game because they've forgotten mm-hmm. who each other are. They've never seen each other on the pitch. So, you know, you, you know, he, he, so many times this season, you know, this season I've been on this show swearing about Schmeichel and Rogers because you know you played a ball out and you you just isn't you know we, we lose it we just try and you know we we end up passing it across the goal and oh so yes I have to be honest with you I am I am very very um, the whole thing annoys me with that but I, I think it's it's what he's being told to do unfortunately you know. I mean, Andrew says here, uh, Darius, surely players should be going out to impress the new manager. Well, the problem is they don't know who the new manager is yet, do they? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's it precisely, is that um, mm. you would think that, but we, we don't have um, a new manager. And 
my understanding is that um so everyone knows that there are two managers in the race which is pochettino and ten hag yeah um pochettino is could be announced at any time because in his contract he has um a clause that will basically entitle him to 20 million if psg don't meet certain requirements right, which they right. haven't met okay oh wow so pochettino could literally just go at any time because psg um owe him 20 million essentially mm. uh with ten hag ten hag um is trying to agree similar things with manchester united and even if that was all announced tomorrow even if that was all agreed tomorrow um he still wouldn't be announced until ajax uh had secured their title or mm. you know until the title was decided yeah the the players, however, you've got to imagine, will know within hours of an agreement between any of the clubs. Yeah. There yeah. isn't an agreement between the clubs. They don't know who the manager is. They've received nothing from their agents. They don't know like what sort of style is being played. They don't know if they're wanted. Um, and some of them don't know if they want to be here. Mm. Like I think that everyone who was watching the match, who saw Pogba's performance wouldn't look at that player and think do you know what lads let's make him the best paid player in premiership <laughs> history this yes. is exactly what we're looking for totally totally i mean how much did you I, well i don't you don't have to tell me how much you paid for him you know it's uh <laughs> it's in bad but no totally totally agree with you and i just think uh, i've said this so many times but i just think manchester united are a huge club manchester united I think you're suffering because of how successful you were under uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. But my God, you were the best team in the world. You know, it was amazing and, and all credit to you for those, those those years. But how has that club got into a position where you've got rid of a manager, I believe, because you were pandering to the fans and you wanted to get them back on side after the ESL fiasco? Is it Solskjaer? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're worse off than you were under Solskjaer. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, when he's, or looking at where you're going to end the season, possibly. And then you can't get a manager, you know, in straight away. We wanted Rogers. We went and got Rogers. And in fairness, we wanted him before the end of the season so that he could play the last 10 games and see what the players were like. Because you're not going to see much in friendlies. But those last 10 Premier League games, which are proper, you know, games. You know, worth points. He got a lot of sort of knowledge about his team, but Manchester United. I mean, the, you know, they said we've just interviewed somebody. Well, Solskjaer, how long ago? You know. Well, okay. So um, the the Solskjaer thing. I um, as like you know a lifelong Manchester United fan. I'm I'm in love with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and I always will. Of course. Be for for, of course, yes. Uh, for everything he did. Um, I wasn't over the moon at him being appointed because I thought it was it was ma madness. It was a strange of... appointment, yes. Well, yes. it was a bit like... Yeah. like you seen that film, Ocean's Eleven? Yes. Where, like, yes. they just run around the world and they assemble, like, someone who's good at safe cracking, someone who <laughs> yes. knows computers. Like, yeah. that's what they did with Ollie. They were like, Ollie, yeah. have you got any coaches? And he was like, nah, do you need them? And they were like, yeah. And then they got like um, guys who used to play for Manchester United, like Mike Phelan from Australia, 
who was he was like you know running a barbie or something there and then they're like like michael carrot where would he have been in a fruit and veg stand in gateshead or something <laughs> and they sort of just got in this collection of people and it was meant to be for a couple of weeks months and then yeah. that ended up being like our managerial team for well, for three years and Utter again insanity. you gave you gave uh, ollie a, i mean he did come in and he did you know get that unity back into the team by, by the look of it from the outside yep. it's well done but then he hadn't even finished his temporary contract and you gave him a permanent contract. <laughs> well, let the guy finish because it all went wrong then, didn't it? So it let did, him finish it his did. temporary contract. I think that if we'd waited to the end of the season, uh, Ollie wouldn't have been signed. But he did win, I think, 12 games in a row and then do yeah. the uh, and then beat PSG. But the thing with Ollie, right, is um, we lost 5-0 to Liverpool. 2-0 to, Man- to Manchester City, and then we got beat 4-1 at Watford. Th- these mm. are historic results yes. for Manchester United. Yeah. Like, um, he had to go, right? And uh, it's believed that Ronaldo played quite a big part in him going, saying he's just not up to Manchester United standards and the coaching yeah. staff. Uh, Carrick came in, and Carrick had a trilogy of three matches against Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, Villarreal. And genuinely, he looked like the best manager that we'd had since Ferguson with how he set his team up. And then we got in Ragnick. And it's just, it's absolute madness to bring in Ralph Ragnick. Um, He's not a coach that I think would get a job in the championship, let alone at Manchester Mm. United. But when you talk about like sort of getting Rodgers in, I think think the situation is different, is that Rodgers was essentially like... um, what would he be like? He'd be like Cicero, the the Roman orator that got exiled. Like mm-hmm. he was exiled to Scotland, and he was constantly yeah. trying to get back to the Premier League. You know, yeah. he won. I believe he won. Like, did he win consecutive trebles? He did. Uh, up at he did. It, it was actually up. And this is what, what, in fairness, and I get it, upset the, the Celtic fans. He was uh, he was on for the treble, treble. You yeah, know, uh, would that be nine was... and ten in a row as well? Which is a big thing in Scotland. I'm not sure, but I mean, and I always say this, we mustn't forget that for a lot of his time when he was winning all these, Rangers were like three divisions below because they'd been dumped down. So, you know, if you can't, you know, you or me could have managed that Celtic team to win all that, but it's still got to be done. But, but yeah, so he was on for the treble treble, which is why um, it was a, you know, Celtic fans were so annoyed at him walking out, but Leicester said, no, we want him now. We're paying you compensation for taking him, so we want him now. And what I mean, and what my thought is, if Leicester can do that, surely Manchester United. Well, maybe <laughs> we're going for a sort of a, a higher class of morals than Brendan Rodgers in that case, with like managers <laughs> that won't walk out on their team at the business end of the season. Um, I don't know. I don't. I've always quite. I, liked I, 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 I don't know. I. I I, I know where you're coming from, but well, it seems he deserted a team that were on the verge of getting a treble. To, but because to the job that he was being offered wouldn't have been available, you know, we'd sacked Claude Puel, we'd targeted, um, and obviously we knew that uh, Rogers wanted to come back, and that job at Leicester might not have been there at the end of the season. You know, and that's, if we're very, saying, that's very true but i just think that like this to me is is not really an issue like when manchester united appoint their manager like ollie went in november uh mm. and 
it is it was clear that any Premier League <laughs> any Premier League challenge was over. Okay? Um yes. we weren't yeah. we weren't gonna win the Premier League. FA Cup like um, the uh, what's it called Carabao Cup and yeah, uh, Champions Cup, yeah. League, yeah. very unlikely to be honest to win any of them. Shout yeah. out to Cicero. Um, <laughs> very, very unlikely to win any of them. Uh, but what what we were sort of looking to do was transition Manchester United into a modern football team, right? Which is which yeah. is you know like. Um, inverted fullbacks all this fun stuff high pressing like no more mid block we want a high block like a sort of a reset of our footballing values and because we have like we've i'm sorry i was gonna swear that because we've messed up so many times by recruiting (laughs) managers i i think it's perfectly fine to take your time and Mm. get the right guy in but what i'm not a fan of is bringing in Ralph Ragnick, who I think has been an utter disaster. And to get back to the yeah. game on Saturday, I I think in the first half, this is this might be me me being biased. I thought Leicester looked like uh, a collection of people that were pretending to be a football team. They offered nothing really. I know there was a sort of Harvey Barnes attack, but th- there was there was no cohesion. There was nothing there. They couldn't mm. really get a grips in the midfield. And then Ragnick took uh, McTominay off and Leicester absolutely dominated for the rest of the match in the middle of the midfield. Um, even the introduction of Nemanja Matic couldn't stem, um, couldn't stem the Leicester midfield. And mm. it was an absolutely amateur mistake from an amateur manager. In my I mean, do you think, I mean, McTominay, and I was going to come to this, but as yeah. we mentioned him, uh, the first point I've got down here was... Um, I mean, should that have been a red in your eyes? Well, this is the thing. It doesn't really matter about our eyes. Uh, for me... No, it doesn't. Um, of course, it doesn't, know. But when, when you think about a classic red card, for me, mm. it's always a player miscontrolling the ball and then diving in to win it. And yeah. as a footballer, I'm an extremely dirty player and I make a lot of fouls on purpose. <laughs> Um, like, <laughs> you admitting to it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm that yeah. kind of player. Yeah. Um, McTominay, I don't think there was any intent in what he did. Personally, if it were up to me, I think that that is dangerous enough to warrant a straight red. But now with VAR, I think we just have to accept as football fans, we don't actually know the rules anymore. No, because no. I haven't met anyone who says that that wasn't a red card. But the professional referees looked at it on the telly. And said it's mm. not a red, and I, I just don't think we know the rules anymore. I I think I look at I always look at these decisions and think if it had gone the other way, what would I be saying? You know, and if that was a Leicester player doing it on a Man United player, I would not like to have made that decision. And I think that what for me, VAR is supposed to be for clear and obvious mistakes. And I don't necessarily think that 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 was a clear and obvious mistake because I think Mm -hmm. you could tell he was going for the ball. I don't think he was, you know, he he was, he was, his foot was off the floor, but was it high? (laughs) You know, and refs have only got a minute to make these decisions in. Um, But I think whether he took him off knowing that, well, there might be another yellow in him, um, you know, it's, I, I agree with what you say there, Scott. Perez springs to mind. And I just, I, I don't, I mean, we, we actually appealed Perez's red card in that game. Unfortunately, they wouldn't give him any more 
time off so we, uh, we had to stick with just the three games but we did we did want more you know sorry if he's watching Perez sorry I think you're on your way though um yeah so I think possibly that's why he was um uh, uh in my mind possibly you know um take taken off um, I mean, th- those are the stats from the game, and and that pretty much, if you're looking at those stats on their own, you'd go, yeah, draw. A draw. It's got a draw uh, written all yeah. over it. I I have to ask you this because I thought when I was watching that game, I was surprised, and I know it's I know it's referees' decisions, and you get fouled if you break windows, you run past a player these days. Mm-hmm. But I did think Manchester United weren't the cleanest of teams. We just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I like teams that foul. Mm. It's very, it's very important. Like um, a lot of the times, if you're a sort of like a top team, um, sometimes you have to mix it up with teams yeah. that are less phys- like that are less technically able as you. So it's important, to sort of, um, to be out fouling. But the issue with Manchester United is it's petulant fouls. Like Man City make an enormous amount of fouls, but they're tactical fouls. They're to stop transitions and things. Yeah. Whereas uh, I think in the first minute, Luke Shaw, like he did, like he tried to get a ball off. It might have been, uh, I think it was your right back. I can't recall who it was. I completely mistimed everything and just took him out. And it, yeah. it, it wasn't tactical. It wasn't malicious. It was just clumsy. And. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I did. I have to say, I didn't think that United fouled a lot in that game, but I'd like to have seen more fouling, to be honest. But just done correctly. <laughs> I, like, I, I, mean, I I said this again before on one of your show. I I I tend to watch ITV4 a lot, which I don't know if that okay. makes me a sad bastard or not. But there's a lot of the big match on from the seventies and eighties, and my God, players were taking lumps out of each other in them days, and you you know you never saw a card, so that was. As, as this older generation say, that's when men were men and played football the way it should be played. But um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, you 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 can't get away with anything these days. I mean, I've I've kind of and we'll come on to VAR again later. But like you say, I don't. I'm not one of these that says, well, it's at Manchester United, so they're always going to get a penalty. Blah blah blah. Oh, okay. I, I don't believe any of that. I, yeah, I think it's just you know. <laughs> fact that you were so good at the time uh but do you think va i mean var is is, is good and I, I was one that wanted var mm-hmm. i just don't think it fits in with the rules as they sit at the moment i think the rules have actually got to be changed to allow var to be used properly yeah okay so like um i uh like i hate cricket right it's a very <laughs> boring it's a boring sport i don't understand it but mm. my father loves cricket and when I go and visit him, uh, sometimes he makes me watch it. And as someone who doesn't like cricket and doesn't understand it, I know how LBW decisions work in cricket. Yeah. Right? They bowl it, and you've got to see if it's like, if they're in the crease, and you've got to see if it's on a line, and it's got to be hitting the wicket. And as the whole thing goes, it's easy to follow along, and you know what's going to happen. Yes. With VAR... Um, and particularly at Manchester United, I don't know how well this is known amongst uh, opposition fans, but Manchester United has no television television screens for the fans on the pitch. Like we no. have no big we have no big screens, so there's none of that VAR decision complete penalty right. stuff. Right. Like we 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 don't have that. That's the state of our stadium, to be honest. 
Um, so with VAR, what I would like to see is um, for things like offsides, I don't know how practical this is, but can we not just bung some microchips in the players' <laughs> heels and yeah. just have like a live yeah. line that's worked on a computer? I don't know if that's easy to hack or whatever, but that seems something to do. But I just want them to sort of say, is this like, you know, has contact been made? Where's he going? Blah, blah, mm. blah. Penalty. And it's just a very yeah. easy streamlined process. But I'm actually a fan of um, VAR in principle, mm. but I can't help. But, but when Fred scored, I didn't even celebrate because I was, is, is he going to be onside? I've no idea. Yes. It's taken yes. the fun out, the, the explosion of joy that you yes. used to get out of a goal. and So all in all, I think it's a bad thing. I think it's wrecking fans' experiences of the match. It is. I think the problem is that, as I say, it's there to, 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 make, to, to, uh, to, to cut out the clear and obvious mistakes. If you're taking this long to make a decision, then it's not clear and obvious in my mind. You should be able to look at that and in two or three takes go, well, yeah, that's obvious. But they're not. Yeah. They're taking so long. It's down to, I mean... You know, when we, when we when we won the FA Cup final last year, Chilwell's goal. I mean, that was that must have been a toenail offside. You know yeah. what I mean? But okay, and that I, I like that decision. Yes, obviously, you know. But it's just it is taking the fun out of it. And we'll come on to sort of Madison's later. But he was mm -hmm. off celebrating and, and what have you, and then it got taken off him. But yeah, I think. It needs to be looked at, but we we say this every season, don't we? But um, but in Acho's goal, it was a nice movement, I thought, from Leicester. That well, yeah, I, I, you would as a United fan. <laughs> uh, I was not happy with that goal. No, like, no, um, and I get that. I was I was playing a little bit yeah. devil's advocate there. I, you see, you see, Tellez and Varane, who are meant to be, if not world class, elite players. Yeah. Like completely taken out with a cross. Um, I don't know how well our Leicester friends know this, but Maguire and Varane were switched in that game. Maguire I is normally that the left. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Maguire's played left-sided centre back since day dot at United. Mm. He's never not played that position, and then he came out with him and Varane swapped. So maybe that's a mitigating factor. But I also felt if if you're a goalkeeper and you get your full hand to the ball, and it's it's not you know, going in the corner, it should be saved. Hmm. I felt I felt De Gea should have done better with that, to be honest, all round. But you can't you can't fault the uh, Ian Acho for it. He took it well. You know, he, he got a header on target, like, yeah. and he got a goal for it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, congratulations to Leicester. But it, I was very surprised that you didn't then try and really go at us by repeating that. That's kind of Red and Rogers for you, but in fairness, okay. you didn't. You know, he, he's quite. You know, <laughs> we've seen games out where we've gone one nil up, and then every defender we've got is on the pitch, sort of thing. But you didn't give us a chance because what we've done a lot of the time is, as soon as the opposition scored, we've attacked them, and we've got one back almost straight away, uh, or we've come out, you know, second half and got an early goal. Mm -hmm. You got that goal and, and suddenly you were back in the game. Well, it was a goal. It was a goal from nothing. As we've discussed, yeah. it was like, it was yeah. from Schmeichel. But I'd look, I looked at, um, there were two players from Leicester that really impressed me. 
Um, I thought Johnny Evans had a decent game, but we know yeah. Johnny Evans. We like Johnny Evans. He's a good yes. man, good player. Uh, I thought that Dewsbury Hall looks like someone who's got a really bright career. I liked yeah. his energy. I liked him trying to make things happen. He looks to be a player that I imagine you guys love uh, down at Filbert course, Street or yeah. whatever your yeah. new stadium's called. Yeah. Um, and I thought Harvey Barnes looks mm. like... I don't know how good Harvey Barnes is. I don't know if that was his if that is the limit of his technical abilities. But he's got running, he's direct, he's got desire. He goes towards the goal. I remember he gave Delo a problem in the first half with a, a run from left to right. I was I was very impressed with Harvey Barnes. Um mm. and I was very surprised that you didn't just go at us with him mm. more often. Well, Harvey Barnes is is excellent. You know, he, he's yeah. he's come through the academy. I mean, when Thomas is injured at the moment, the left back, and mm-hmm. you know, James Justin is a great left back. But when you, you can tell when you've had when we've had Thomas, Jewsbury Hall, and Barnes all down that left hand side, you can tell that they've come through together. They're used to playing with each other. It's so smooth, and it's a, it's a joy to watch. Barnes, he's one of those players that that fans. I love the guy, but mm-hmm. a lot of fans. You know, whatever wants some players, whatever they do, they'll never please the fans. You know, yeah. Last year, you know, they said like, oh, he needs to get more goals in his game, and he's scoring goals. Oh, he, he's he's too selfish. I mean, well, what the hell do you want? What I love about Barnes is he's not scared. He gets the ball. He runs at the defense, and he mm-hmm. scares the defense. And you may well get a free kick or something out of it. And you know, he, he'll run to that byline and get the cross in. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's not... A, well, we did a show last night and we picked our um, England 23 to go to Qatar. Oh, okay. And um, we uh, we put Barnes in that squad. Uh, and there was... It wasn't all Leicester fans. Let me just say that. There was a there was a Palace fan as well. Um, okay. So I'm accused of nepotism. But, I, you know, I think he was on the cusp of the England team when he got injured before. Um but uh, yeah, I do. I do do like Harvey Barnes, um, and I think you know if. And this is why it annoyed me when all the the fans were calling for Rogers to go. You know, it's a long term thing he's building with Leicester, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's three years now into his contract. It's, you know, it, it, he managers these days, and you know at Man United, managers aren't given the chance to to, to get things right. You know, if it goes wrong. But um, if we can keep the majority of this squad together, then who knows? I think, say, this year has been a blip. But we've we've talked about VAR a lot. Your thoughts on the Madison disallowed goal? I mean, like we said, he went off celebrating, and that exactly proved your point that you can't do that as a fan these days. No. I I would suspect, though, that uh, the Leicester fans watching didn't notice anything wrong in the build-up, because I didn't. Um, No. I, I the referee have... didn't, to be fair. Yeah, no one did. No. Um, I mean, Varane was on the floor crying. And um, this annoyed me because um, in the Arsenal match that Carrick uh, managed, I don't know yeah. if anyone remembers this, David De Gea had his toes stepped on by someone, a United player, and he just lay on the floor crying and someone smacked it in. I think it was Smith Rowe. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I just think, like, get up and mm. try do your job. And VAR can sort it out if there's been a foul. Um, But when I I saw it from one angle, from two angles, from three angles, I was like, why is this? This, this, like, look, 
this is just this is perfectly fine as a goal and then i saw the angle the ref saw and i understand why it was disallowed like the one the one that the ref disallowed it on i looked at it and it does look like his leg gets sweeped from him so i understand why it would be frustrating but once again professional referees have looked at it and have said yeah that's a foul no i mean i get like i said earlier you know with, with these decisions i always think of if it was at the other end would i have been at the other end i wouldn't have complained having seen it in in normal speed and normal time but yet when it slowed down and there is this argument well everything looks worse when it slows down but that's you they're looking they're slowing it down so they can see what what has happened and when it was slowed down and you did see it from that angle he took his foot he did take his foot, you know. Um, but then you got... I, I just... If if the referee... I mean, to me, the referee had a good view of that. It wasn't like the referee was trying to look through two or three players. As far as I could see, he'd got a clear view of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like... I mean, this, this thing... You've mentioned it as well quite a lot this evening, clear and obvious. Mm. Now, I don't know where that comes from. I've heard I've heard it a lot, but I don't yeah. know if that is what VAR's remit is. Um, you know, I don't know if VAR is some sort of protection against the Premier League getting sued by a gambling company if they, <laughs> you know, lose a massive amount of money on a poor decision. Yeah. Uh, but it that one from one angle, it looked like a clear foul, mm. and so I think it's I think it's okay to to disallow it. Personally, United didn't deserve it. Like you know, it no. was it was a it was a stupid mistake from the Leicester player. Like mm. Varane's falling over. There's no need to do it. And to be fair to him, method acting Varane, he committed to it, and it all worked out well for us. But in some ways, I want this team to be punished at the moment. Manchester United. Really? Like wow. yes, when we play at home, I want the I, I want them to experience the utter contempt that us the fan base hold them in and it's simply for one thing and it's lack of work rate Mm. like i don't like everyone can have a bad game yes do you know what i mean like when i go when i get an ice cream and like the mr whippy doesn't do it properly i don't berate him for six hours on social media about how he's (laughs) dusted as an ice cream man Mm. but he's got to work like they have to start working as players and uh, as we discussed earlier, I'd love to know what um, your chat thought about Yuri Tillerman's performance because as a someone who's linked with Manchester United a lot, I saw saw his performance as a bit of an audition, and I was not. I, I was very very underwhelmed by his performance. That did not look like a great player to me. It wasn't his best performance. Um, okay, but then as, as you look at the team, it wasn't an overall brilliant performance. Anyway, it wasn't the performance that we put in, you know, last year or, yeah. or even the performance we managed to do, you know, when we played you at, at the King Power earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you look at these players and, you know, although world class and, you know, he's captain of Belgium and they were the, you know, first or second FIFA rank, ranked team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But players can't do it on their own. You know, it's like Ronaldo, if he has a bad game, you know, if if everybody else around him's having a bad game, he can't do it all on his own as much as he as he, as he tries. In so he doesn't take him. control of he doesn't try and take control of a game. Like go he, and put a meaty challenge in, go and demand the ball. 
he 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 can do. Um, I mean, you know, he is he's certainly um he, he's how can I put this? Although Casper Schmeichel's the captain, mm-hmm. he kind of is you know a, a, a outfield, if you like, you know what I mean. So he's a midfield general. Yes, a midfield, that's the words, that's the words. But yeah, I mean, as I say, if you if you go back to what we would say would be the, the real Tillemans, and we could say this about a lot of our players, you know, the mm. real, you know, Soyuncu. I mean, Soyuncu as a defender's had an awful game uh, season, you know, compared. He came back from the Euros, he'd had a bad Euros, and he's been awful. And we know that's, that's not yeah. him, do you know what I mean? But, yeah, don't – I don't think you'll get Tillemans, and I know the Sun have been reporting that you're favourites, etc., but – if you don't get top four, I don't we think you get, get Tillemans. You know, we will not get top four. No. Tillemans wants um, Champions League football. Okay. Uh, you know, and he can have his pick of the teams. Um, Does he get in know, Liverpool's team, City's team, Chelsea's team for you? I don't. I don't know whether we'd get in Man City's team, but then okay. let's be honest with you. You know, yeah, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> it's one of those. Would he get into Liverpool's team? Yes, I think he would. Uh, Chelsea's well, after the performance they had at the weekend, <laughs> <laughs> probably yes. Yeah. Um, Tottenham, Arsenal, yes, yes. Um, Barcelona's Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. You know, we, we're talking about that he's going to go to another English team. That's not yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, he's not, he's not getting you know, in the Bayern Munich team. You know. I, can, I can tell you that. No, no. Who would he replace at Liverpool? Oh, well, they I, I don't know the Liverpool team well enough, to be honest with you, to say who, who Henderson, he would drop Fabinho, out. Henderson, yeah. Thiago. Yeah, I mean... Is he of that but, quality? He, on his day, yes. How consistent Definitely. is he? You know. How what, sorry? Consistent is he? <laughs> Out of five games. I, I can't I can't say on this season because this season, like I said, right. okay. everything's been cocked up. I wouldn't say anybody's been consistent this season, and that's part of the trouble. On I say a normal season, if you like, but on the past two seasons, yet yeah, he's probably been one of our most consistent players. When he wasn't in there, you knew it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And okay. uh, you know, you can take Indeedy out and not necessarily miss him. But you put Mendy in, and he's as good as on the blocking. You know, yeah. um, a matter of opinion says there. Tillemans was instructed to stay further back to help Mendy cover defensive duties, to allow KDH and Madison the freedom to find to find more forward. And the problem with with Brendan is, and, and this gets me a little bit with Brendan, is he is is very he's more concerned quite often about what the opposition are going to do. You know. Uh-huh. Like, like, oh, right, so we're playing Man United this week, so we've got to do this. Then next week, oh, we're playing Crystal Palace next week, right, so we need to... No, pick your best 11 that's going to play well for you, you know what I mean, and stick with that, you know. And it, it's... But then again, like I say, it, it's been a season when, you know, you just go in on a Saturday morning and said, who's fit and whoever puts their hand up mm-hmm. uh, gets a game sort of thing, but... If I said, you know, if you said to me, would Tillemans add something to your team now? Yes, he would. I don't think he would from what I've I've, I've, said. No, not on that that one game. Not on that one game, you know. And let's be honest with you, I'm sure there's games and we've looked at Ronaldo and gone, who is he? You know? I don't. I don't think anyone in their right mind would compare Ronaldo to Yuri Tillemans. No, no, I'm but... not comparing. No, what I'm saying is, with Ronaldo's reputation and his history, yeah. and he is one of the best players in the world. 
but he has bad games. He he does, you know. but the, but then he has the he games has... like when he'll pull you out a three nil victory, no, not a three yeah. nil, but three two victory. You know, Tillman's right. Is even when Ronaldo has a bad game, and this is why I was very disappointed with Tillemans, is the, the fire and the desire in Ronaldo doesn't go. You know, he gets it wrong, mm. but he gets up and he keep he keeps going. Um, it's it's the same with all top players. And I've seen Yuri Tillemans play exceptionally for Leicester against mm. us, and um, but it's all it's all it's. It's unfortunate, but it's quite easy to play against Manchester United, especially mm. for Leicester, for some reason. But in a game which was we were there for the taking, yeah. Manchester United were there for the taking, and I saw nothing from Tillemans trying mm. to drag his team forward to go and get that. I saw it from um, Harvey Barnes. I saw it from Dewsbury Hall. I did not see it from Tillemans. And I think a player like that does not improve Manchester United. I want people with desire and hunger and just this insane like mania to go out mm. and dominate and win a game. Just yeah. off the yeah. force of personality. And that's what Ronaldo has that yep. Tillemans would never oh, have. I, 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 I wouldn't argue with that at all. You know, yeah. you, you know, we've seen, you know, Ronaldo's desire, but like I say, you can have any player can have bad patches. Messi can have bad, you know, a couple of games and, and not score. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it happens. If you know, taking Ronaldo out the picture, and I'm not comparing them. I was just sort of using him as an example. Okay. But taking Ronaldo out the out the picture, is there anybody? You know, if you had said to me, is there anybody in that Manchester United team that I would swap for Tillemans? If Man United came and said, right, we'll just do your straight swap. Who do you want outside of Ronaldo? Mm-hmm. There's probably not an outfield player, I would say. Bruno, really? Yeah, there's not. Other, you know, because we know what he can do. Other than this season, you know, yeah. we're going to lose him if we um, if we can keep him. I would be. I'd love it. I'd, I'd love to be able to keep him because, like I say, I know what you know. But we, we, we see him week in, week out, and we've seen him over the you know th- th- three seasons mm. here. You know, but. You know, he he cost us forty million, and that's the player we've got. You know what? How much was Pogba? Ninety. Yeah. Um, and we're Is losing he a ninety him for million three. pound player. Would you say? Absolutely not. Exactly. Yes. You know, it's but in the... him, and he does it when he no, goes. No, it's and not plays in him. It's <laughs> not. No, he did, but he like... plays well for France, doesn't he? Though does he? I, he I, I'm not a French follower, but I, but I heard he does. No, this is this is a bit of a myth. Like um, he has a lot of people that sort of cover him uh, uh, mm. at France, but what he does have um, is he has an extremely accurate long ball um, that is crucial to how they use uh, Kylian Mbappe. But like mm. there is, um, from my understanding, I don't know if Frankie is still here, but he's a Frenchman. Uh, from my understanding, in France, um, the 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 Parisians that well the Frenchmen in general they're always revolting, but they're very cross with Pogba's performances over the mm, uh, since right. the World Cup. Like it's right. begin the chickens are beginning to come home to roost for Pogba. But just to yeah. get back to Tillemans, my last sort of word on it I think would be that I'm very very surprised you paid forty million pounds for him and you're going to lose him for twenty five million. That that doesn't seem to be the Leicester that I've become accustomed to of being well managed and demanding ridiculous fees for players and then getting them. Like, what's uh, happened it, there? Is it COVID? 
to be honest with you, we've been in contract talks with him for over a year. Mm -hmm. So when we started talking about a new contract, um, it, it, he, he'd still got a couple of years left, if you like, you know, ten yeah. a bit years left. So in plenty of time. And you've seen, you know, we, we've tied James Justin down to a new contract. Ricardo, who's been touted as one of the best right backs in Europe yes. a few seasons ago, mm -hmm. tied him down to a new contract. You know, the youngsters, we're, we're tying them down. Um, and, you know, hopefully Tillemans is looking at that and going, because I think with Tillemans as well, it's not, he knows it's been a bad season for Leicester. He knows yeah. we should be higher. And I think he looks at it um, that. Who who are Leicester going to sign? What's their ambition? And if he he could be sat there going, my God, Ricardo's just extended his contract. Fafana, I mean, you know, look look at Fafana. Everybody wants him. He signed a new contract, so he may be sat there thinking, hmm, because he's never actually said no to Leicester. This is what we've got to think. We remember, take take into fact that the fact that a lot of it is paper talk and a lot of it is um, you know conjecture. But he's never actually that he wants said, I don't want football. to sign for Leicester. And you, whether you believe the, the Sun, the Star, the French papers, the mm. <laughs> Belgian papers, they, they can all give you a different story on the same day, but he's never actually said no. But you would think, and I, I say this, that if he was going to sign, he probably would have done by now. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. And I, this he could have gone in January, and we could have sold him in January, but like I say, I think he really wants Champions League football. So if he went in January to Manchester United and then you finished, I don't know, sixth or whatever, you're not going to get Champions League football. So no. he's no better off than necessarily than he was, especially if Leicester have, go back to having another good season next season. So he's waiting to see where he, he can go. 25 million, I mean, that's... He has only got a year left. Mm. And you know he could go. He could go for nothing. Um, he could actually just sign a new contract and put a clause in it saying, "Yeah, I'll sign you a new contract, but if somebody comes in for forty million, I'll go, and then we get the money back that way." It is not through lack of trying. Do you know what I mean with 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 yeah. Yuri? We've we've been speaking to him. It's not like we've let his contract run down, and I know a lot of clubs do do that. Um, we haven't. You know, Spurs are very much like that. They they leave it to the very last minute. But we've been talking to him for a long time. And I just think he's a young guy. He's ambitious. You know, he's playing in, I'd say, for Belgium, who are the, now, they're now the second best FIFA-ranked team in the world. Um, he, he wants to play at the top level. And I get it, you know. And whatever we say about Leicester, there's always bigger fish out there, you know. We, and and I'm sure you know Luton's and Rochdale will say that about Leicester. It's, it is all yeah. this this grade. So we will have to wait and see. If he goes, I will say thank you very much, Yuri. You know, we we would have lost what we would have lost fifteen million. If he goes for twenty five, we will have lost fifteen million on him. We lost thirty million on Slamani. Right. <laughs> 15 million actually isn't a bad deal. I know I know I'm being facetious there, but yeah. you know, but 30 million like we lost money. Oh, it seems like poor management from Leicester, but I, what I assume happened is similar to what's happened with us with Pogba is that a deal mm. was lined up and then COVID um just took the finances away from 
lots of clubs. Like Pogba yeah. would would have been a Real Madrid player if if it weren't for COVID by now. Mm. Um, so as well, did, did was Tillemans going to move? No, no. Can't let him get twelve months left on his contract. That's awful from yeah. a football. Club. But what do you do as a club when you're Seven. negotiating with a player? Do you drop him and say, well, until you sign or let us know one way or the other, you're not playing in the team and then you're cutting your nose off to spite your face? You know, we open negotiations in plenty of time. He's just not wanted to commit. Now, you could say, like, well, if you're not bothered to commit, we don't want you and sell him. But if he's had a bad performance, it's not because he's, you know, spat his dummy out the pram or yeah, anything like yeah. that you know he's a professional i understand you know. that yeah it's just he's your think... most bankable asset isn't he who do you get more money for if he if he had three years left on his contract yeah, probably, he's an 80 probably, million pound player isn't probably he? nobody in fairness but okay. i say i go back and say what what can you do when you are negotiating with the player for so long and he doesn't he doesn't want to sign but he hasn't said no because if he'd come round and said no under no circumstances am I signing a new contract with Leicester, we'd have put him up for sale. Well, I think because... I think that's what you do, isn't it? Like, yes. when it gets to three years, if he hasn't signed an extension, or when it gets to two years and he hasn't signed an extension, you inst- you call his agent in and you instruct him to go and find him a new club well, this is it. with so a maybe, £60 million transfer. This is why I'm saying don't be surprised if he does stay at Leicester. Why would he stay at Leicester with with great respect to Leicester Football Club? Because it's a great club. But he has he's been on the verge of playing in the Champions League for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't happen. Um, yeah. He then won an FA Cup, which I would imagine is a massive success for Leicester City. And yeah. At this point, it would be huge for Manchester United to even see the bloody FA Cup. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, um, yeah. And so I'm not disparaging that at all. The FA Cup's a wonderful competition. I'm sure that you're very proud of your team for winning it. Mm-hmm. But do you not think that it, that this might be the extent of where this Leicester team is at the moment? That it's on the verge Champions League qualification, a cup team, and it's mm. not the best platform for a player who, as you've said, is used to playing in a team that is ranked second in the world. Okay, well, let's say, for example, um, he's at a club where, let's be honest with you, we're one of the best run clubs, if not the best run mm. club in, in the country. 100%. Amaz- amazing facilities, training facilities, yep. and thank you for the money for having Maguire for that. Always have to be be kind and say thank you for that. I'm glad that your injuries have uh, really tailed <laughs> off since that place opened. I know, I know. It's a bit <laughs> isn't it? You know? It was a bit yeah. tongue in cheek, but uh, allow, me, allow me the moment investment. of yeah, allow yeah. me the moment of smugness. Um, and he gets on with Brendan Rodgers. You know, he gets on yeah. with the owner. You know, he, he saw the way he was hugging the owner after the FA Cup. You know, he does love the club, but he is ambitious and he has got ambitions to play. Now, look at Riyad Mahrez. He wanted to leave Leicester. Yeah, yeah. He he went and sat at um, Charles de Gaulle Airport waiting for his agent to ring him on deadline day in case he got a move and he could fly off. You know, mm-hmm. he we, we didn't qualify for Europe that season uh, because 
he 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 had to have four or five or six games off because his head wasn't right or whatever. Um, yeah. Wobble it, please, Riyad. You know, he said, "I want to go to Manchester City." So yes, he's gone to Manchester City. And let's be honest with you, he's always going to get into the Algerian team. No disrespect to Algeria, yeah. but they don't have that many good players. Now, he hardly he plays, but not regularly. He was the first name on the sheet at Leicester. He was a big name at Leicester. He was being, you know, every week he was being talked about. He's not now. You know, he has, yeah, don't get me wrong, he has good games, he scores, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but He's not the big fish that he was at Leicester. He's suddenly just another fish, if you like. You know, if Yuri was to go to Liverpool, mm-hmm. Barcelona, anywhere like that, is he going to be guaranteed starting place? Now, I don't agree that a player should get into the team just on his name. You know, I don't. I of think course, you know. Yeah. As soon, oh, you know, Tillemans is fit, right? We'll drop whoever and put him back in. I don't agree with that, but. You know, when he's fit and when he's playing, he's got to consider he's probably one of the first names on that sheet. Will he be that at Liverpool or at Man City? You know, or even Man. You know, if he came, if he'd gone to Manchester United last season, where would he be now? What would that have done to his game? Would he be the player he could be if he'd had a year at Manchester? No disrespect to Manchester United, but you know, at the moment, it wouldn't have furthered his career. And he'd have possibly been in and out of the team, you know, because they're swapping it around so much. So Leicester offers him stability, but it's whether that is enough. But, you know, if he wasn't going to sign, or if he wasn't wasn't a bit of him that says, well, look, I am still considering Leicester, why hasn't he just said, I want to go, put me up for sale? Well, I mean, can you imagine if he said that? One of the players do, don't they? When it comes to a contract, like you said before, you don't sign the contract, then it's guess what? We'll put you up for sale then. Because you've said you won't. You're asking for this, and we can't give you this. Therefore, you don't want to play for us. Therefore, we'll put you up for sale. Yeah, I just, I, I, I'm just thinking about the points that you've you've given, and I would think, I, I would think that you're going to lose Tillemans in the summer. Um, he's a confident young man. I think that mm-hmm. not only would he want to go to a club in the Champions League, he'd relish that kind of competition. Mm. Like when you look around, uh, um, Kevin De Bruyne, his mate at City, and seeing what Kante and Mares have achieved, maybe not so much Danny Drinkwater um, <laughs> after his moves. Not at all, Danny away. Drinkwater. Yeah. yeah, I think his last highlight was, did he break a 16-year-old's leg or something in an under-17 game? <laughs> Probably. Like, now, that, I, is the big, that is the big example of the grass isn't always green. Though, is yes, it? That, that, <laughs> that, that's true. But all yeah. players think that they're going to make it. You know, they've always been yes. the best player. And yeah. I would, like, I, I, now I don't want Tillemans at Man United having seen him not really go for it in a game mm. that was winnable. So I hope, I hope you keep him. Um, and to address a matter of opinions comment, uh, it is a matter of opinion, but yes, I think it that is. It's what football's all about. I think that I see Leicester um, as as you know as one of the best run clubs in the league, and mm. I just find it amazing that they've got into this situation with Tillman's, where a forty million pound asset um, basically has to be sold for twenty five million if he doesn't like sign a contract in the next couple of months. It's just not what I expect from 
it's not what i expect from leicester city so i'm just yeah. i'm not disparaging like how it's been handled and stuff i'm just interested no. if it's like paul pogba and it, a lot of it is down to covid where a move was you know gonna happen and then it didn't happen and no one knows where they are so it's not a criticism of leicester no it's no just... i mean look it's all it's all about opinions football and this mat, this this program in particular is about opinions, and I love doing this with because I could sit here with a Leicester fan and we could say, "God, we were wonderful, weren't we? We should have won." Yeah. Blah blah blah. I'd like to see the, the get the, and this. I prefer to have a, an opposition fan on after the match than before the match because I think it is very. And what you're saying is, there's no wrong and no right about any of this. It's all about opinions and what mm-hmm. we read in the paper and what we make of it. Um, so no, you know, I, I totally respect you for, for having that opinion. Um, I just think you can't get it right necessarily any time. The other, the other, the only the other thing I'd throw in, uh, just last thing on to Lemons is mm-hmm. th- there's this magic twenty five million that um, that he's going for. So let's say, let's say for example, whether you want to like, but let's say Manchester United come in and say, right, we'll give you twenty five million. Yeah, and we don't know. Whether he's got, to, he, he, he might have a minimum in his contract if you want to buy him because he has still got that year to go. And yes, we could lose him on a free at the end. Of course, we could. But you come in, Manchester United come in and say twenty five million, and then Liverpool go, oh, Leicester are selling Tillemans, oh, ah, Man United have put twenty five. Let's put a bit of thirty million in. We'll get him. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, we could end up with a bidding war. Not saying we will. I'm not yeah, saying we okay. will, but we could end up in a bidding war, you know. And no disrespect, as much as you say Leicester is a, is a, is a well-run club, who got the better <laughs> deal with Maguire? You know, and, and I'm not yeah. being awful with that. I'm not, but you, he wasn't an £80 million defender, you know. 40-50, yes, I could understand that, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it, it's... We could talk all night about this, couldn't we? We could, do, yeah. But you know, I mean, I'd like him to stay. I think there's still a possibility he might stay. I think he's he's going to look at Leicester's ambitions, see where we are in the summer, see if anybody comes in for him because let's we've not had an offer for him yet, and that's you've got to remember that we went all through January, and unless you were an oil-rich club, you didn't really spend money in the January window this year, mm-hmm. but no offer came in for him. And it will be interesting to see what offers do come in. You know, do do you know do Man United, Liverpool, Barcelona, whoever wait there and say, well, let's have a look and we'll see next summer. Yeah. We might get him on a free, and he might be sat there with his agent thinking, bloody hell, I could end up without a team here. What's going on? Better sign a new contract. You know, signing a new contract does not mean. He's going to stay with us forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. All it means is that we can go in and stick a release. We might have a release release clause in anyway. Who knows? You know. So it's all going to be be a waiting game. All I will say is, and I, and I do mean this, and I know you weren't particularly impressed with him on Saturday, no. but whoever gets him will be getting a good player. He will go with my best wishes, and I'll you know I, I will wish him like I say I, we will miss him. You know, but I mean, who who do you think then in the Man United team was better than him on Saturday? Uh, Fred. Okay, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to say him, but uh, he but probably do you agree? Had one of his... Sorry, do you agree? 
Um, I don't know if it was. It was. It was certainly okay. Comparable. It was certainly comparable. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really watch him enough to say whether he was particularly better or not, but. Uh, he was cer- certainly comparable, yes. And and Fred and you know and McTominay, they've taken some stick off Man United fans, haven't they? Yeah, they have. I'm I'm not one of those fans. I'm big fans of uh, McFred, as they're called. But I yes. think a lot of it is down to the fact that um, football fans don't really, as much as they love football, they're not particularly educated in like how modern football works. Um, yeah. And they don't need to be, to be perfectly honest. But mm. how double pivots function, Fred and McTominay play that role extremely well. Yeah. Um, it's not a glamorous role. Like, I'm sure like in the Euros, uh, we saw Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips participating in a double pivot. And it, it, it wasn't it wasn't sexy, was it? It was, it was no. Sterling, it was Kane, it was Saka. Those are the players that everyone was like raving about but it was mm. the double pivot is the sort of the foundation to um to to any sort of success like from your midfield uh i felt that mctominay who i'm a massive fan of uh had a poor heart mm. had a poor game but i also think quite a lot of it was tactics because i'm sure you can remember this bit but there was mctominay basically bullied three of your players um in the midfield and just bumbled past them mm. and then hit hit a crossfield ball and there was no one there, and I, I don't, I don't think that that is McTominay trying to hit that ball that I see him hit a lot and not being able to execute it. I, th- I think it was just poor tactics and poor positioning from Sancho, who was a disaster. Like of a, he had an awful game, Sancho. I've got to agree with you on that one. Yes, yeah. Like I'd much, I'd much have preferred Harvey Barnes to have been on our team than Sancho in that match. Yeah. Um, Alanga as well, like he's a young kid. He's one of us. He's he's not ready for top flight football. Like, may, he might be able to play mid table teams, I guess. But against Leicester, who traditionally, uh, well, now you're sort of like top six Leicester, aren't you? As a football yeah, club, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's yeah, fair I, to say Leicester are top six. I, I think, club. I think, yeah, I, I think we're we're looking to be the best of the rest, if you like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you, you're up there, you're competitive. No one likes playing Leicester. No. Do you know what I mean? Like when you see who are Man City playing this weekend, who are Liverpool playing, oh, Leicester away. Something, mm. you know, like not not a fun place to go to. Something could no. happen there. Yes. Um, but I thought I thought McTominay was was poor, but I also believe a lot of that was down to tactics. And as I said mm. earlier, the second he went off, I felt the game changed. I felt your midfield like began to get to grips with things like um did you watch it on the telly yeah yes yes could you hear your coach constantly shouting second balls no i didn't to be honest with you because i was doing a live watch along oh yeah the sound i couldn't have the sound on no right well on 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 sky i could constantly Mm. hear your bench shouting second ball non-stop throughout the game and every time it was mctominay that was smacking up that stuff like yeah. that was going for the second balls. And when he came off, there was no one to get the second ball. And Leicester just began to advance slowly but surely up the pitch like it was the First World War, just to mm. trench for warfare as they went up. And we had no, we had nothing to do with it. Like we couldn't. For some reason, we, we thought that Rashford had turned into Duncan Ferguson and was like <laughs> just smacking long balls to him. 
and it was getting it was just getting eaten up um so i think that the substitution of mctominay for uh mctominay for rashford, rashford if that yeah. had been mctominay for matic i think we might have looked at a different result but i felt mm. it got i felt it let you into the game far too much I mean, I'm just uh, looking quickly here at the player ratings that the BBC do when um, okay. you you get. I mean, it, it's very. Um, I, I don't. I don't take a lot into it to be honest with you, right. uh, because you've got Man United. You know, like Leicester fans will always vote for Vardy if he scores. You know, just because it's mm -hmm. Vardy and just because he scored. But man of the match overall was was Madison, but. The Manchester United fans voted, like you said, Fred as their number, as, yeah. as their highest one. And that was only a 5.82, though, uh, which I guess kind of sums the game up. But the question I want to ask you before we just take a quick look at the tables is how many of this team would get into Alex Ferguson's team at its best? Um, of the team that played at the weekend, so I can't get Ronaldo. Oh, no, yeah, you can get Ronaldo. Yeah, you can get of, of your current squad. How many of them would be good enough to? I presume right, Ronaldo, Ronaldo is going to be on Ronaldo that Ronaldo would yes. get in, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. but unless unless yeah. it was like you know young Ronaldo that he was taking yeah. the place from, Ronaldo would get in. I think yeah. that McTominay would get in as a squad player. I think yeah. Bruno would get in as a squad player. I think Harry Maguire would get in as a squad player. But in terms of first team players, um. I don't think, well, obviously, none of them are going to get in unless Ferguson can sort of do his alchemy and, mm. you know, get Sancho and Rashford and Pogba, like, to to the levels that Skulls, like, even Jesper yep. Blunkvist performed at. So, no, no. none of them are going to no. get in. I must admit, I did see that the, the camera swung round to um, Sir Alex sat in the, on the ground. Oh, uh, yeah. And I thought... It's like the Grim Reaper watching you, isn't it? He's always there. Somebody said on the telly once, it's like Andrew Murray's mum. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think of him like an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Like, do you know what you mean? You're with you're with your wife or whatever, having a romantic time, and yes. you just look up at the window, and she's there watching, and things were better in my day. Like, is, yeah, but and I feel sorry for the manager in that. But I mean, you know, he 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 is. It is what it is, you know. But just looking at the table, uh, yeah. then, here we are. I mean, Leicester, we're up to ninth now. Um, it is top four. I mean, you know, a lot of Manchester United fans are saying, oh, top four's over now. We've lost well, it. it. But you literally, yes, all right, you've played two more games than Arsenal, but you're only three points um, off Tottenham in fourth, and you played the same games as them. Yeah, but if you look at the... The, of the form bit, it begins to tell a different oh. story. Well, all right, let's let's bring the form um, table up. Then that was my next. That was my next slide, as they say. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you're six there. You're six in the form table. So that doesn't get your top four though, does it? And it also no, doesn't get Manchester right. City a title. Looking yeah. at that, I know that that was a very interesting thing that uh, Liverpool are, are are romping it there, and Spurs and should be. Spurs should be running it for them for those for a second, shouldn't they? But yeah. it, it's been a weird season, though, hasn't it? Overall, you know, yeah, um, you know, it. it and, I mean, who would have ever said that Brentford would have beaten Arsenal on the opening day? Who would have said they would have put four away against Chelsea? 
uh, at, at the bridge, you know, and who would have said that Chelsea's owner would have gone, you know, all these Well, things. yeah. It's been the weirdest of... It's been, in fact, for me, it's been a weirder season than the COVID season. Maybe that was because I was expecting it to get back to normal. I don't know. Well, I think for me, like, the, the COVID season was just, like... You know, it was a fever dream, as it were, like players. But I still think we're feeling the effects of it. Like um, the players have been playing football nonstop for what seems two years now. They've they haven't had a lot of breaks. Um, And I think I think that everyone is is really struggling with how much football they're playing. And um, as well as the fact that Manchester United did well in the COVID season, we finished second. And it might have been a false dawn, but I also felt that it was because the players, not just at Manchester United, at every club, had nothing to do but football. They couldn't go out, they couldn't do stuff, and it was their their sole focus. And I think that when when we look at our footballers at the moment, I think a lot of them have really struggled with um, the COVID years. Yes. Like, yes. And so I think that this will probably be the last weird season we have as we adjust to this sort of post-pandemic world as things get back to normal. But then again, we've got a World Cup like in yes. November. I know. Like, it's crazy. The, the World Cup final is on December the 18th. On the 26th, we're back yep. into uh, we're back into the Premier League. It's going to be. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the 18th is the is the World yeah, Cup Yeah, 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 but we're, we've got Boxing Day fixtures. Yeah, we're playing Boxing Day Absolutely fixtures. Absolutely yes. crazy. Yeah, tell me. I mean, I don't think England are going to have to worry about any of our players being in the World Cup final. I think, but... I, think I don't know, I don't know about that. But, no, I, I mean, as a football fan, that sounds fantastic. I can't wait to get leathered uh, at Christmas, <laughs> like, down the pub. Imagine watching the World Cup final, like, you know, with Santa hats on and stuff. Yes, I know. Absolutely great. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Shout that out kind to of, all the migrant workers. That kind of sums up football at the moment, doesn't it? You know, really. But uh, but look, uh, I've got to say, what what what? Who do? You, where do you think you will finish this season before you go? Well, and who do you think will be your next manager? I think our next manager will be Eric Ten Hag because of the immense social media campaign being driven by agenda-driven social media websites. Um, I would prefer it to be Poch, as I think it's a safer choice. As for where we're going to finish, I I actually, and I know this sounds crazy, I want us to finish seventh now, which would mean uh, UEFA Conference League. Yes. On the basis that I, our youth team are very likely to win the FA Youth Cup this year mm-hmm. for the first time in 11 years. And um, I, with with the UEFA Conference League, I think I would enjoy it more than the Premier League if we sent our youth team uh, to to those games. Mm-hmm. And we got, we got to see them. Um, there's no way Ronaldo is playing in the UEFA Cup or the UEFA Conference League. <laughs> like he'll play in the Premier League, but he won't play in those matches. Um, so I think realistically, it's go- we're not finishing fifth. We're not finishing top fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll finish eighth. So it's between sixth or seventh. And I want seventh so that the kids can go and represent our values as you know, like a bunch of nineteen-year-olds on their holidays playing football. Good luck to them. Yeah, and don't don't you think? Um... That it's a, at the end of the day, it's a trophy, isn't it? It is, but it's it's one that I don't think a club that spent the money that we did and got the players in that we did 
should celebrate. I think as a United fan, and I'm not I'm not doing it down, but as a United fan, I think that I, I think we'd be sneered at if we celebrated that trophy. UEFA Cup, yeah, that's okay. But the UEFA Conference League, it's not where Manchester United should be. It's indicative of our fall. And I think the players would be embarrassed to celebrate it, to be honest. You see, that that kind of what, as a, as a fan of a non-big six club, if you like, that, that was kind of what annoys us Like with Arsenal fans last season. Like We'd sooner finish seventh than finish sixth than not be in Europe. And it's like, well, you weren't good enough to get it anyway because you you finished second, (laughs) you know. They've got no history of success in Europe. Like Manchester United, we've all been on, like, Manchester United uh, for, like, the last 30 years, we've had away games in Europe all the time, right? A club like Leicester, you haven't. And I think it's absolutely fantastic that Leicester in Europe, and I think it should be taken very, very seriously by Leicester because who knows when the next time you might get to a semi-final in Europe is. Look yeah. look at West Ham. They went absolutely mental when they got to the quarterfinals mm-hmm. like, um, the other week. It's, there is a, never, ever make fun of a club for doing well in a competition. But with United, we should. that competition's not for us. We're a Champions League club, and it's it's just ridiculous for us to be in it. Like, and I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but it's just from everything, from our stadium to the players we have to the amount of money we spend, it's a failure to be in that competition. Is is it a failure to be in that rather than not being anything at all? They're both failures, you know. Um, but but like I said, though, is that. I mean, let me just. I mean, okay. We're, we're, there's there's ourselves and there's Boda Glimped from Norway that are yep. probably the surprise package. Celtic, I believe. Yeah, and they actually did beat Roma six one in yep. the in, in the league uh, part of it. But you know, you've th- these teams, you know, Feyenoord, Slavia Prague, PSV, Roma, Marseille, PAOK, yep. PSV. I've said those. They're all teams that you were, uh, not so long ago, have been in the Champions League, you know. And it, it, I, I just think, to be honest with you, you, you can't say, you know, well, five years ago we won this, so therefore we should be in this league. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there were so many years pre-Fergie when yes. you, you just won the odd cup here and there, you well, know. I think, that's, I think that's the other point, is that Manchester United are built upon the European Cup. Like mm. it's such a crucial part of our history. Yeah. Like I'm sure yeah. that everyone knows about the Busby Busby Babes. Of course, yes. And yes. Um, how like our manager at the time like was he, he believed that being in the European Cup was one way to reunite a war tour a post war Europe. Like yeah. it's ingrained in our club how mm. important the European Cup is, which is why it was sickening to see that that we led the European Super League get out of the Champions League cup. Disgraceful. Yeah. So yeah. we have like this real resonance as a club with the European Cup. Those nights are special. That anthem is special. It it's so mm. important to us. And so it sticks in our teeth. And it's like it's it's horrible not to be in it. And it's like teams like Arsenal and Tottenham you know, like I respect them as clubs. I I hate Arsenal. I can't tell you how much I hate them. <laughs> but they have no history of like European success and they don't really have any sort of history in Europe. Manchester yeah. United do, and it's a disgrace that the shepherds of our club have let us get in 
to the third, you know, the, the sort of like the, the third rated cup mm. in Europe. It's yes. not what we're mm. about. We're a European cup team. It's crucial to us and our culture. And that's why I'm so upset about it. I don't have any issue with that competition. I've got no issue with people wanting to win it and stuff. But Manchester United, with our history, we, sh- we should not be in anything but the Champions League. No, I'm very, I mean, to be honest with you, that was very, very, very well put. Um, you know, it was, you know, to me, I understand that more than the, well, we're Manchester United, it's where yeah. we should be, sort of argument, you know. But look, Darius, thank you so much for coming on today. First, I just want to say before you go, and I'm sure you, you'll agree with me on this, but we wish all the best to Louis van Gaal um, of course. And, and the news today. So our thoughts yeah. are with him. Um, it is football itself is just a game at the end of the day, but um, uh, there we go. How can people find you? Your links are in the uh, description in the YouTube, but just give a shout out to where people can find you. Um, normally, I'm either on Rich Sports or the Manchester United agenda, um, and you yeah. can find me there. Brilliant, mate. Good luck for the rest of the season. Um, we, we don't have to play you again now, so I can say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I hope things turn around for you. Likewise, I hope to see Yuri Tillemans in a Leicester shirt next season. <laughs> oh, Six-year contract. I would love loving it. it. Yes. But thank if you that, very much you, for having me on. You won't, you won't hear me stop crowing about it, I tell you. <laughs> no. I hope to hear it. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Darius. All the best, mate. Stay safe and take care. Okay, bye-bye. Good, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, thanks to Darius there. Um, great guy. I, I love it. He's he's a, not say a proper fan. That's being unfair to other fans. But you know, with the description of Manchester United and Europe, there, you know, he put it across so well. And when you've got a, a, a fan that does that, then um, you know you can understand it. Um, and uh, I'm going to go now because I've got to go. I've got sloppy seconds later. Nine o'clock. Join us back here. Uh, it's in twenty six minutes time. Um, And we are going to be doing the weekend roundup. Yep. Um, Wow, Scott. Really? Uh, Palace 2-0 up. Oh, Anthony, so you've gone on holiday and your team. Whoa. I didn't go for that. I went for the draw, I've got to be honest with you. But whoa, whoa. Oh, you know what it's going to be. We are going to be hearing now for the rest of the week. Arteta out, Arteta's not got a plan, Arteta's not man for our club, we should be having a better manager, we're a bigger club. Palace 2, Arsenal nearly. Thanks very much. Please, please give a sub if you're watching this on uh, YouTube. Uh, uh, Smash the likes and please share the video if you are able to. And if you have been listening to us on whichever podcast platform you use, thank you so much for listening as well. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you back here at 9 with Louise and we'll be looking back at all the weekend games. Take care now. See you later. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.